Welcome back, everyone, to the Retro Chat, episode number nine. Andy here. Joining me is the man with the most unique Twitter handle, I think, in the world ever. Uh, but it fits with the character. It's wrestling MC, referee, commentator, podcaster extraordinaire, Dan Barnstall. Dan, welcome. How you doing, my friend? I'm good, sir. That's a much nicer introduction than you gave me last time. So it's great. I will, in that case, I will say it is great to be back on Retro Chat. Lovely, and you called it the right name this time. I, I which did. Is even better. That was a, that was a slip of the tongue last time, purely. Oh, so you admit that you called it retro crap last time? No, no, I admit, <laughs> and I listen back because I do listen. I I do subscribe, um, and which you should all do as well while you're out there. Um, I listen back to it, and I think I just spoke a little bit too quickly, and it did sound like retro chat, chat. Sorry, but it actually was retro chat. So. Um, but yeah, I will say, speaking, speaking of the last show where we discussed Transformers, which was a lot of fun, um, and it wasn't until actually I listened back, I realised there was so much stuff we didn't even talk about yeah, yeah, um, yeah. on including the comics and the games and all that kind of side yeah. of it. Um, but I um, just want to say thank you to a couple of people who reached out to myself, giving some really nice feedback on it, which I was pleasantly surprised about, because I'm not an expert on Transformers by any stretch of the imagination, but I got a um, couple of nice feedback um, comments from fans out there so thank you very much fantastic great i didn't so if anybody wants to give me any nice feedback that would be fantastic <laughs> um, actually, speaking, speaking of things in the past a couple of things uh -oh. i wanted to point out my friend um do you have you got, i know we've got a lot to talk about today but have you yeah. got any idea what um how important today's date is does it mean anything to you i'm sure it does i'm sure it's it's etched in your mind it is etched in my mind but why don't you refresh it um, for all those who are not aware, 11 years ago today, I first physically met Andy Evans. Did or, you? Or, maybe I should put it that way, you first physically met me. Yeah. <laughs> at a wrestling event in Bournemouth. Premier Promotions. Premier Promotions at the Pavilion. Yeah, and interesting enough, that um, was the night that Doug Williams um, broke the ropes on the ring. It really was. Wow, yeah, yeah. now I can rem I remember it now. Yeah. Yeah. So, which brings yeah. me on, uh, brings me on to my neck, my second point. Because the reason I oh, was no. there is I'd won some tickets from your former radio show, the Ministry of Slam. So that's how I met mm -hmm. you there. And um, also, one of the other reasons I want to bring up because I've been having message, several messages from the old um, Twitter universe out there. You know, the fans, the wrestling fans, great wrestling fans as they are, um, lovely, telling me you've been cheating on me. <laughs> <laughs> It's not like we're a married couple. We divorced. Oh, like, oh, really? Has he? Like, oh, yeah. People are like, yeah. Do you know? Do you know he's back on Ministry of Slam? I'm like, okay, good for him. Well done. <laughs> Bit of coverage. Why not? Who cares? Yeah, I, I I've done some. Uh, I I haven't cheated on you, my friend. TW. Uh, say, do, do we need to go to um, get counselling or something like that? You know, couples uh, counselling. I'm a trained mediator, so we could have a mediation if you want. But I don't you think know. you can mediate yourself, though. I could have a go. It would be preferable to me. But, you know. <laughs> I think you'd be biased. No, I, I've done I've done some bits with Ministry of Slam. Um, and it's been great. It's been really good going back onto the, onto MOS and uh, doing some stuff with Lee and with Lawrence again. Um, but that doesn't take away anything that you, Steve, Toby, Sybil and I did um, back from 2011, uh, back from 2010, sorry, when yeah. we launched... TWS. No, listen, and listen it's 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 a changing of the guard. We're all a lot older than what we were back then. A lot of things happened. A lot of water has been put under the bridge, 
Um, and what's the point in harboring a grudge? Right. So listen, listen, I, I just found it funny. I honestly found it funny. I had literally had several people message me going, have you seen this? I'm like, yeah. So, you know, it's good. good. <laughs> so let's be good. There's more, there's more wrestling media content out there. Happy days. Um, yeah. you know, there was, there was a slight debate on the, um, I know you did their, their quiz. Um, and, and yeah, which, which again, just take your task a little bit disgusted that you lost. That is, you by know, one point, by one point, uh, and you should be waving the flag for retro chat, you know, and you, you don't know, go in there and lose that just, you know, sets you back straight away. Um, then one of the questions is what is Bret Hart's real name? That was, you know, the follow-up question to, I think one of the most trickiest ones I had. Yeah. But anyway, and what is his real name, Andy? Bret Hart. <laughs> so there you I go. No, I, 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 I wanted to address it because people mess me. I'm like, oh, come on, people. Let's move on. You know, come on. Do it's... you know what? It's, without trying to, to go back over muddied waters, back in the day, we both did things that we shouldn't have done. And we both said things that we shouldn't have done. TWS and MOS. <clears throat> um, we were different. We kind of put it to bed a long time ago and, and moved on. And so did MOS to a degree. Um, but you know, I'm I'm 40 in six weeks, right? I don't want to sit there and harbor grudges or anything like that. And Lee was a very close friend of mine for years. Absolutely. And you know, just to be back on the same page with Lee is brilliant. And he's been on the show and I've done some stuff with them and he's coming back on. And you know, am I ever gonna go back into ministry weekly? Absolutely not. Do I want to go back into ministry weekly? Absolutely not. <laughs> Will I do the odd guest spot here and there? Yeah. Will they do the odd guest spot on our show? Absolutely. Will you and Steve? Oh, breaking the fourth wall here. Steve's coming back. Would you and Steve come and do some stuff on Retro Chat? Absolutely. Does it mm. does it matter? No. No. So, and I, I echo that. Uh, yeah. I mean, there are there was as you said a lot of stuff. I mean, God, I think we have, I think this conversation comes up every time I do an interview with with some kind of fan. It's like, oh, yeah. you know, the, the Sunday Night Wars. Yes, we we coined this phrase Sunday Night Wars. We pushed it as a bit of kind of publicity. There were some stuff which was done on both sides, which I think were <clears throat> um, underhanded. Probably the wrong word, but yeah, yeah it, it just was it wasn't wasn't great. Um, there, and for me, and I say like, I've said this publicly, no issue with Lee. I, I actually think Lee produces a very good product, oh, and I've okay. said that I've said that for a long time. It went, you know, when he was doing MS, I, I always thought, with all due respect to yourself and the others, I always thought he produced a really good product, and I think he's got. Um, a very good knowledge, and I, you know, I, I, I always said, always wanted to do a show with him. I thought he would be a fun person to do a show with. I, I do stand by the fact that there is, there is one, there was one thing, uh, one comment made, um, and I'll, I'll say it publicly, publicly about my wife, um, on, on air, which uh, and, and via social media, which I am still angry about, and I, I think it's a disgusting thing to say, um, mm. and I won't give it airtime now, but. That was one, and I, I do believe I know who made that comment. That person has never actually put apologised for it or put their hand up and said yes, it was them. I believe I know who it was, you know, by, by process of elimination, and um, that's fine. Don't need, I don't need to speak. To that person can move on. But apart from that, yeah, I wish Lee all the best. Mos, it was a great. You know what? It was a great show. I, that's when I first got into wrestling radio. It's how I first met yourself. Yeah. Um, you know, I was a listener. 
as, as was Steve, I think, if memory serves me Steve correctly. Was, yeah. Yeah. Um, you know, I was there in the chat room most Sunday nights, you know, chatting away to the people in there. I, I found it a great release and a great kind of um, environment to speak to people about wrestling fandom. And, and again, without MOS, there wouldn't have been TWS. Without TWS, um, obviously, I wouldn't have met yourself. I wouldn't have met Steve. I wouldn't have met Toby. Um, but and equally, I wouldn't be where I am now, you know, announcing, refereeing, national TV, all that kind of stuff. So it, it, yeah. it, it, it knocks back down the line. You, you know, do, 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 always be grateful for where you came from. There's always a genesis point, And the genesis point was MOS. And then MOS kind of spiraled. Whether or not you like it or whether or not you don't, it and, spirals and, off. And you look at MOS from another point of view, you know, my, my role within the wrestling business is incredibly, is incredibly small. But you look at other people like Simon Miller. He was originally from MOS, and look at where he's come from and can't come from and gone to now. I mean, he's I worked with him on several occasions. Great guy, you know, hmm. dramatically different bloke to what he was in MOS. You know, you wouldn't recognize him just from a physical point of view. The guy is just completely different. Um, but he's just making big strides going forward. And you know, Simon Miller, the guy that's definitely within British wrestling, something about that guy, that guy's gonna go a long way without a shadow of a doubt. Who knows? He might be signed to NXT UK before we know it. You never know. He's got the look, and let's face it. You know, any roster members now they're releasing everybody. Wrestling releases. I mean, we've had loads as we're, as we're recording this today, you know, on um August the 3rd, to give it almost a timestamp. You've you know, had releases from in lakes of obviously Bray Wyatt a couple of days ago. Granted, these aren't NXT UK, but um, also Ric Flair has been released this morning. Yeah, yeah after his release, after his release yesterday, there was a rumor going around that Alexa Bliss has requested her release. And... Uh, that that again, without trying to transfer like a, a wrestling journalist, that one I don't see happening. I think they they're quite they're quite in, um, embedded with Alexa now, so to speak, with regards to the character. The Bray White one, they've almost kind of cooled off since the Randy Orton feud. He hasn't been on TV. Um, you know, they've almost transitioned Bray's mystique and aura up to a point to Alexa. Um, so I, I, I don't see that one happening. The other interesting one as well, without talking too much into wrestling, because I know we, we want to focus on. Uh, legendary wrestling yeah, Owen Hart, but um, the other one going with the rumors, the rumors, um, I believe it one of the dirt sheets are the Adam Cole's contracts up as of SummerSlam weekend or just after SummerSlam weekend. Well, so, apparently, Adam Cole's contract actually expired July 4th. He didn't uh, extend to the signed for the bash, um, and it covers yeah. him all the way through into SummerSlam weekend. Obviously, he's going to be involved in TakeOver, most likely, uh, putting I would imagine putting Carl O'Reilly over, um, if he is. Either way, I would imagine he's putting Carl O'Reilly over um, in a takeover. But yeah, there is. Um, it, it, that's an interesting one for me. Where, what happens to someone like him next? You could have had an interesting uh, exclusive there. You could have said Adam Cole's going to be involved with the takeover. When's the next CWP show? Uh, CWP um, is in November. We are, or CW, I say we, I'm not part of the management team. I, I just work there. Uh, CWP has decided to take it, to make it, make sure everything's nice and safe before they come back so yeah um just check out cwp on on social media for for more information i will be there i have confirmed i will be there um and slight hint not as you would normally expect me so okay yeah. you're gonna be dressed as a turtle that's it yes i'm gonna be i'm gonna be as a, I'm gonna be as a turtle and um i was never a turtle fan though Interestingly, right. I, know, yeah, I, know you, I know you've got a turtle show coming up. I, I was never really, I watched the cartoons, but I was never a huge fan of it. Oh, brilliant show. Brilliant show. Brilliant show. Just before we move on and we talk about Owen Hart, this is, I've got two things I want to pick your brains on before we sure. move on, current wrestling related. Um, 
CM Punk, Daniel Bryan, AEW. What do you think? Again, if you believe the rumours, you read the dirt sheets, you listen to other shows. Um, even Tony Khan himself has not has not confirmed that either of them have signed. Um, my, again, understanding for what it's worth is that one of them has and one of them's about to. Um, uh, they've, got a, they've got three shows coming up in Chicago very yeah. shortly. I think the debut of Rampage is also in Chicago. Um, it's at the Fairtrade Centre in, in Chicago, Illinois, yeah. So... Uh, if you're sensible, you would at the very least have his first, CM Punk's first appearance there um, and then maybe build to a match in a couple of weeks down the line if that's what you can do. Um, I, I, I'm I'm curious to see both of them in AEW. I'd like to see either of them or both of them wrestle again anyway, You know, whether it is in WWE, AEW, Impact, Ring of Honor, wherever. Um, I think from a point of view of the smart fans you know, out there, and I class myself as one of them, I suppose, you know, the, the matches you probably want to see are in AEW, you know, the names there. But equally, there are some WWE matches you think, you know, especially for Punk. There's a whole crop of new guys you haven't really seen him in or haven't seen him wrestle for quite some time. Mm -hmm. So I wouldn't be against seeing Punk going back to WWE. Um, and bear in mind, he has been back at WWE for the, um, I forget the show they did on Fox. The Backstage. Backstage. That, so that was for Fox, though. That wasn't for WWE. And I think the problem with going back with WWE would be, it's still the upper management is still the same. You've still got McMahon. You've still got Triple H. You've still got Stephanie. You've still got the ones who had the issue with him that they might come back and put a rocket under his ass for a couple of weeks. And then the false promises would come in. AEW, I think would be interesting when you think about Punk Omega, Brian Omega, even, you know, Punk Darby Allen, which has been teased. That's been teased very heavily, hasn't it? Yeah. Yeah. Week on Dynamite. Um, the other one, and it's a link to what we're going to talk about next is they've trademarked the King of Hearts. This is AEW. Now, I haven't heard that. Okay. King right. of Hearts moniker in WWE. Who would you use the King of Hearts for in AEW? I'm, try I'm just trying to think of a character that would connect to that. That is well, currently unless, unless it's part of the Joker's Wild match it all in. Yeah, which that match is a mess. That match is not, but they don't call it Joker's Wild, do they? They call it um, the All In Battle Royal or the. Yeah. But do you, do you think it will get backlash, though? Suddenly starting this, potentially calling someone the King of Hearts? You know, the, these are smart wrestling fans that watch AEW. I think it depends on who you put it with, doesn't it? It, it depends on how it's used. And, and also depends on the reaction you want to get. It, you know, if you want to get that kind of. I mean, it could be potentially, potentially even go away heat, but you got you want to get that kind of heat on a new top heel, you know, um, using the Owen Hart name or the gimmick, so to speak, um, could be a good way of doing it. I think if you want to get the kind of babyface kind of heat or reaction from it, it's got to be put with the right person. And I, again, the current roster of AEW is bloated. I mean, I can't think of anyone there who you could potentially, unless there is a Hart, a member of the Hart family that I'm not aware of, coming up the ranks and potentially could be signing, you know, you, bear in mind AEW isn't against signing young, fresh talent. I mean, you've even got, they've got Hook on the roster. You know, no disrespect to Taz's son, but, you know, he, you've got to think the majority, main reason he's been signed is because he is Taz's son and, yeah. he, and, yeah. and he works there. That was the other thing I wanted to bring up, just going back very quickly to the, um, the CM Punk, Daniel Bryan conversation. And, it, and potentially you could include Adam Cole in that as well, where after SummerSlam, you know, where, where potentially he go. The smart fans, as we like to call them, or, or fans like, like you and me, um, you know, probably salivate the thought of these kind of 
these kind of indie peoples, we would call them indie darlings, going to somewhere like AEW for the matches. The other thing you've got to think of is AEW's roster is incredibly bloated with names. Some big names, some good names that you know are, that you don't really see that often. And in some ways, that's a benefit because it means you're not, they're not overexposed on Dynamite every week. And we know we've got Rampage coming as well. So you, you do need a bigger roster. But as things stand, they're not going to do like a brand extension like WWE does. So it is going to be the same people you'll see on Rampage, you'll probably see on um, Dynamite. And you've got to think, if you look down the name of the names of those rosters, that some of these guys aren't being utilised. And then if you add in top names, like Punk, like Brian, um, Adam Cole as well, those guys are going to go more than the top level, aren't they? Which means pushing everyone down a little bit. So I, I just I wonder if it's going to get to the point with AEW, if they're not there already, where it becomes that tipping point, where the roster's well, too bloated. I kind of I, I don't agree and I don't disagree with you because I think if you look at their platform, so they've got two hour dynamite and yep. they've got the one hour rampage, which is going to be purely action. There's not going to be any filler, there's not going to be any interviews, there's no promos. It's going to be action. You're looking at I don't know three matches, like the old superstars, if you will. You're looking at about maybe three matches in that hour. You've then got AEW Dark and you've got AEW Dark Elevation, which is the the I suppose the development show, which is what they always said it was going to be. So the, I, I kind of agree with you in the respect of they've got a big roster. I'm concerned with how much airtime they have now. Because all of a sudden you've gone from two-hour dynamite mm -hmm. to three hours, including Rampage, on mainstream TNT, TBS. You've then got two hours of dark elevation on YouTube and two hours of dark. So Sometimes dark goes longer. I've seen two and a half hour shows on there. It, 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 and sometimes it's shorter as well. It does it does vary. But equally, a lot of the guys you see on Dark, it is developmental matches, as you call them, but it's against some of the same guys you see on Dynamite. Yeah. So it's not like you're yeah. thinking someone like, I'm trying to think, like Matt Seidel, sake of argument, okay? You, you will see him on both Dynamite and on Dark. It's not like you're just purely seeing him on Dark as, a, you know, as to get developmental talent over. So I, I don't know. I just think there's there comes a point where... I mean, I'm not a business expert. You know, I don't, I don't never run a wrestling show. I wouldn't even dream to kind of even want to run one. But you've got to come to the point where, from a financial point of view, where is that tipping point? Where is that breaking point? And at the moment, as well, I mean, I know how when I when I watch, I mean, I'm TWF Radio stopped X number of years ago now, and I always said when I when I left the radio wrestling media, I watched less wrestling. I'm actually watching more now because there is more for a start. But mm. you know, it, it, even even right now, the background here now, I've got on um, Impact Homecoming on, on 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 another screen here. So you've there's always wrestling to watch. And my, my point my point is, it's kind of like watching Dynamite is like a you've you've got to stay focused to it because you miss so much, and it's like a constant roller coaster ride. It's constantly boom 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 boom. And that's great, but it comes to the point where you're like, you're almost desensitized to it. So when the big moments mm. kind of happen now, you're like, oh yeah, that's the, that's the big moment, let's move on to the next. Where it doesn't get time to breathe. Conversely on Raw, and then, you know, I'm not saying Raw's perfect because it isn't, or SmackDown, but they get breathing space. And I, I don't know, I just, my point is, I think the, the product's really hot at the moment. Um, you can argue it's not as hot in WWE and, or wherever, and you can argue Impact's hotter here or there or whatever, and Ring of Honor, and you throw them into the mix, and MLW and New Japan as well. Um, but I just think with, going back to AEW, with AEW, there's got to be a breaking point where you can, only, you can only have so much. And when is that going to come? When is it almost, because it's too much, is the backlash going to come from the fans? 
The thing is, you've, you've only mentioned three big names. So you've only mentioned Punk, Brian, and, and potentially Adam Cole. What you've also got to consider is Malachi Black just debuted yeah. uh, yes. Tommy End. Just yeah. debuted and, and you're getting a huge push against, against Cody Rhodes. Um, not only that, Bray Wyatt, uh, Braun Strowman, formerly known as. Both Braun is rumored to be back towards WWE. That's, that's the... Because they released t-shirts for it. Yeah, he's rumored, which is really unique. They did the same thing with uh, Joe, didn't they? When they released Joe, they brought him back onto NXT. It wouldn't surprise me now if, with Bray going, Braun ends up not re-signing back with WWE. Because very quick to say, the future on the other side looks bright. You know, So if you then imagine you've got Bray and Braun in AEW as well, mix that in with Punk, Brian, and potentially Adam Cole, that's your top five seeds. And bear in mind, I mean, I'm not saying he's a main event star, but he's a legend. Christian fairly recently debuted, and he's yeah, he, he, and, he, and you're getting more. That's I mean, technically, he I believe he's like number two in the contender ranks. Yeah. Um, yeah. Um, maybe number one now. Adam Adam, um, Adam Page lost that match, but um, they, but he doesn't feel that he should feel like a, a like a main event kind of guy because the guy has got kind of stats. But you're then putting those guys on top of it. You're knocking those people down, which means you're knocking. Further people down down the card. People like your Darby Allens. People like your Miros, who is doing some of his, arguably some of his best work. Yeah, um, absolutely. And he's and he's got that mid card mid card. The TNT titles is quite pretty prestigious, but he's got the TNT title. Um, I don't know. I just think the more you put on top, the guys below and the girls get pushed further, further. and the and the women, especially on in AEW, getting less and less time. Mm. Their, their roster isn't as isn't as bloated or getting the fun but you've also got a thing now mickey james could be coming in to do a one shot especially with the nwa pay-per-view in a couple of weeks the iconics are free agents so Iconics are still trying to sort their visa issues out there apparently that is, still, that is still an issue the, the iconics, i would imagine the iconics would land in aew more than impact primarily because of cassie and sean spears you say that, but again, you, 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 that, that opens, excuse the pun, another can of worms where you've got this, um, what they call it, the open door, magic door, whatever they're calling it, yeah. you know, where we are having crossovers from, you know, Impact, um, New Japan. Um, and that, that, that as you put New Japan next, it has a whole whole load of girth of matches in there, um, you know, as, as well as um, into AEW. You've got those three, and um, AAA as well. Mm-hmm. You've got all those kind of four companies connecting together, working together. Um, in some form or fashion. And, you know, you can almost see why if you're Daniel Bryan, who allegedly wanted to, who wanted to work a more of a kind of uh, a worldwide kind of group, you can see why he'd be more curious to go, well, actually, if I go to AEW, I can, I can make it the odd appearance on Impact. I could wrestle, trying to think someone on Impact, you might want to wrestle Moose, for sake of, I don't know. I'm just throwing, I'm throwing it out there. Um, you know, for, for, or I could wrestle um, Okada, with yeah. New Japan, you know those matches yeah. are available. You know it's it from if you're a wrestler and you and you want to apply your trade, you can see why the desire is there. Can you imagine if we were still doing a weekly episodic media show, right, you know, wrestling no, radio? I couldn't, thank you. <laughs> How on earth, wouldn't it? But just in, in terms of discussion, it would be fantastic. Because you would really be watching everything. You, you the, the discussions would always be there. The equal, the equal side of doing a weekly radio show now, as we were doing it, would be one of the things you'd be always doing is previewing stuff. Because yeah. pretty much every week, we look at Impact, uh, WWE, AEW, and if you if you threw in their New Japan, you've got pretty much some kind of pay per view show most weeks. 
And it is just, it's fascinating. It's, it's exciting to watch. But managing that and watching it within the timescales to do, say, every Sunday at live at seven o'clock, boom, it would be a nightmare. It would also um, make the format very dull, wouldn't it? <laughs> it would be one of those. I mean, listen, I've, I've, I'm very lucky that I get to come on shows like this and talk about it. And, uh, and I've got, I've, you know, quick plug. I've got, I've got a sh uh, show come up for summer previewing SummerSlam with the beards on the Beard Podcast. Um, Carl Atlas and uh, Mad Dog, we're doing a our normal preview for the big shows. So that's SummerSlam, um, and that's that's hard enough to arrange. You know, to make sure you've covered everything for that one one-off show. Um, so it, it's. I think my, my point is, it's a great time to be a wrestling fan now. Mm. Um, but and it's a great time to be in the wrestling business if you're, you know, from the point of view of making money because there's people out there who want to look at your look at your product and you know devour content. The problem is, from a point of view of the wrestling content providers, there's so much to devour, and not everything can be not everything can be sampled now. Whereas back when we were talking about with Owen Hart when he was wrestling, nice Roman really had WWE, WCW, and maybe ECW to kind of like. Um, digest well let, let's go back to own heart because you know that's the subject of what we're here today the king of hearts the black heart the rocket the blue blazer the youngest of the heart family and in my opinion a certifiable hall of famer now we know he's not going to go in the wwe because martha uh, his widow refuses for him to go in where does he stand in in the legacy of professional wrestling where does owen hart sit uh, it's, it, when you when when anyone asks about legacies in wrestling it's always very hard to be in any way critical about someone who's passed for yeah. obvious reasons you know and owen hart is probably due to the the, the way he passed I, mean, I don't want to make a big conversation about it you know the, his last day on earth so to speak but the way he passed puts him even more into that legendary status because he you know he, he was in the ring when he passed unfortunately um so i think that always makes things um harder to he is a legend he is from the point of view of the way he wrestled his look he was very very unique and i see obviously you're putting some for the video, video viewers now he's putting um some great photos of, of owen hart in the ring and some of these many different character changes he had many different kind of looks that owen hart had over the years on the screen now for you podcast listeners check out the video cast for to see the photos but the for me i, I went back I, when, when when you messaged me and said dan what do you want to talk about owen hart I was like christ yeah but there's so much to cover and, there, and there's been so many shows covering owen hart in his life and his career. But I wanted to go back. I was trying, I wanted to ask you this because I had to sit and think. What is your first memory of Owen Hart? Where did you, Andy, first see him? Do you remember? You know, I, yeah, I do actually. I first saw him in 1989 at WrestleMania 5. And it was when oh. he was the Blue Blazer. Um, I can't remember who he was up against off the top of my head, but. It, I want to he, say Skinner. Skinner in 1995, 1989. I want, I want to say, um, go on, you, you, you keep talking. I, I will just double check. I'll fact check ourselves before we get fact checked online. What amazed me about Owen Hart was at the time, I didn't know it was Bret Hart's younger brother, right? I just knew it was this character called the Blue Blazer. And the fact that he was doing things that you didn't see the heavyweights do. He was up the top rope. He was doing the flips. He was doing the somersaults. The character was so cool at that point. And then I just remembered he disappeared. And that was it. He was gone. You know, it, it was like you saw him at WrestleMania five and then didn't see him again until, um, you know, early, late nineties when you were doing 
when he came back to do things like SummerSlam and, and WrestleMania 8, and he came back with, with Jim the Anvil Neidhart. It's the, the new heart new, foundation. The, high new, the new foundation, wasn't it, originally? The new foundation, yeah. I think they call it. So just, just to um, uh, correct myself before everyone on, um, gets on us at Retro Chat Pod, um, that actually it was the uh, Mr. Perfect that he took on WrestleMania 5 and, uh, and lost to, obviously. My, my first memory, actually, when I first um, watched or saw him, um, was uh, my first proper wrestling show I sat and watched was Raw Rumble 1993, um, oh, wow. which, which was my, my grandparents one day on a Sunday afternoon. And, you know, I can't remember how old I was. Young kid, annoying my grandparents. Yeah, sit and watch this. And I was just fascinated for like three hours, sat, in front, sat on their floor watching, watching the wrestling. And obviously the one that Yokozuna won. That is where I first saw Owen Hart because he actually was in that Rumble um, mm. came out in the high energy kind of god awful and they had some awful looking gear. I mean, even back then it was god awful um, someone annoyed, he annoyed someone in the uh, in in the clothing department at that was, point for those of you that um that haven't seen i mean go back and check it out but it was kind of like the best way i can describe it was because then was in the 90s so it was 90s rave gear but on acid um <laughs> it's the only way i can is the only way i can describe it um, he actually was um, came out number 28 and was eliminated by Yokozuna, who was the ultimate winner. But I remember thinking, what struck me at the time was, I mean, watching this show, and I'd seen lots of people like Yokozuna's, your Undertakers, your Earthquakes, um, your Berserkers were in the match, um, all these kind of big, scary-looking dudes. And as a young kid, I remember thinking, oh, my God, these guys are, are almost superhuman, which is what WWE or WF wanted us to think at the time. Owen came out. Now, the first thing that struck me was, my God, my eyes can't take my eyes off his costume because it's like it burns. But second thing was, he seemed, well, he was quite a smaller stature guy. Yeah. I wouldn't say he looked like, I wouldn't say he looked like me, but he made me think, oh, someone, a normal kind of style guy can do this. He reminded me of what I thought my dad would look like in that kind of gear, if that makes yeah. sense. Yeah. And it was like, that's oh, scary. that's crazy. <laughs> And you know, you said, and you saw some of the stuff he was doing. Like that's actually even in the rumble. Remember, I remember him, you know, flipping around that kind of stuff. Thinking, actually, that's really impressive. And it wasn't, but equally, I thought, my God, he looks like a dork. Mm-hmm. You can tell he's like the younger brother of 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 one of the main guys, Brett, who was the champion at the time. Um, you know, this guy it just what? Why is he there? And it wasn't until I kind of stopped, saw, watched more matches, and I realised that's why he's there. This guy is captivating to watch, but in a much smaller stature. When, when he came back and he returned to the WWF at that point, you did kind of feel, and I, and I take your point and raise it by two, you did kind of feel they were just doing Brett a favour. It was yeah. like, look, my younger brother is unemployed at the moment. Bring him in. You can put him in with Jim. Jim's also unemployed. What are we doing with Jim? Um, and, and it felt like they didn't know what to do with Owen Hart. Now, for me... Owen Hart really trans- transitioned into that main event from being a jobber to the main event level. Forget the mid-card in January yeah, exactly. of 1994, because it was in January of 1994 where the heel turn happened. So it started in November at Survivor Series with the Knight family against the Hart family. And of course, Owen being the only one to be eliminated in that match. Which was Hart such a clever spot. If you look back at that, you know, Owen coming, uh, Owen made the tag, Brett comes off with an Irish whip, boun- Owen's like, walking his way along the ring apron, back to the corner, bounces into, or was it, that was it the other way around? No, Brett was, sorry, Brett was coming back 
Um, Owen was doing the Irish whip. Brett was walking along the ring apron, back into his corner, injured, kind of favouring his leg a little bit. Owen bounces into the rope, pushes Brett off into the barricade, off to the big cell spot. The rest of the Hart family, you know, come, come down. Go, oh, Brett, you're all right, right? Owen turns around, looks like, to begin with, looks concerned. Then, I forget who it was, I think it might have been Shawn Michaels, actually, rolls him up, gets the one, two, three. Owen's eliminated. And uh, annoyed, frustrated, as he was the only one Hart member of the family that actually got pinned. Eliminated. Yeah. And, eliminated and was out. And when he came back at the end, I remember thinking when he came back at the end, he came running back and thought, oh, it's a bit cheesy. You know, he's come back out to celebrate with his with his family. But then that normal moment where he where he kicked Brett right in the leg. And yeah. and then we had the immortal promo. I kicked what your leg out of your leg. But that, that was the Royal Rumble. That was 1994 that that happened. See, that oh, was... So in, in November, they did the, 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 the seeds of the heel turn. Yes, yeah, and you yes, saw the dissension right. brewing of the family. They then teamed up as a tag team on Superstars and on Raw, leading into a title match against the Quebecers, Jock right. and um, uh, Jock and uh, was it the Quebecers or yeah, it was the Quebecers? So then um, the Pierre Pierre Rouli, well, now PCO in Ring of Honor, um, and it was at the end of the match where he took the leg out of Bret Hart, calling him selfish, yep. calling him selfish for not wanting to tag. Tag me, Bret. Tag me, Bret. That's all you had to do was tag me, Bret. And, and that was where he started. The, the there's, there's two things that come out from that promo that I think are always mem memorable for people. Is, is that, that's, when, that's why I kicked your leg out of your leg line, which obviously was a fluff. And also he had like a, lob, a glob of spit Stuck yeah. the side of his face, which yeah. looked absolutely revolting, but actually it kind of helped the whole promo, made him look more kind of made him look more real. But you see, you mentioned that fluff line where I kicked your leg out of your leg. I remember watching it for the first time and I didn't pick up on the fluff. And then obviously now we watch it and we pick it back up. But was it a fluff? And I say that because of if you're in that highly emotive situation, right? And you're having a family feud and you've taken the leg out of the leg of your brother. See, there you go. <laughs> And you're cutting that that passionate, emotive pro promo. Yeah, you're not going to be word perfect, are you? No. And if you think about think back over your lifehood, your life, you know, we've all been at that point where we've been so angry, so upset about something that you just words just come out. It's like verbal diarrhea, and you can't yeah. stop yourself saying things, and they don't make sense sometimes. And you even and that even makes you even more frustrated. You're saying, "Oh, I don't mean that. I mean this." And so you may be right. Maybe it was, you know, done on purpose. We never know, unfortunately. Um, we never but it, it, it's it, it's it's an interesting theory, and it might be right. You know, it does add more realism to it, and that's what constantly we're trying to do. You know, within the wrestling business, is make it seem more real as possible. But it was such a big moment that Owen stepped out from behind the shadow, you know, of which is what, he, Brett, which is what yeah. he called himself, um, and, and became. To begin with, he you know he dressed like brett that was a funny bit he, he then wears a heel but he was like wearing brett's singlet still he had the sunglass on he's ripping the sunglasses out um and he then i'm trying to think so we went from from rumble to mania where we had where we had the yeah. wrestlemania 10 where we had they were in the opening match and clearly i think wrestlemania 10 gets a lot of coverage well yeah WrestleMania, well WrestleMania gets a lot of coverage for the, for the ladder match which was everyone says match tonight but actually that opening match between Brett and Owen was technically the, probably the best match of the night. 
you know what, what what always gets me and i always remember this is when they they kick off the pay-per-view and you know it's brother versus brother and the ring announcer at the time wasn't howard finkel um i can't remember who it was i think it was bill somebody or other and from calgary alberta a crowd went absolutely enormous they went off the roof because they're thinking it's the hitman it's Brad. and then in the minute owen appeared that crowd biggest heel reaction massive boos yep. for, for owen hart and it, it was at that moment i thought to myself watching back on it now that's when owen arrived it's, it's interesting that um the, the i would say not going for the match blah, blah blah but the end of the match was the um oh, what they call it the rolling victory roll thank you victory and then obviously with owen dropping down onto onto his haunches and anyway it's amazing now when you're backstage at shows you hear the guys talking about matches you know breaking up breaking this fourth wall down a little bit i've seen i've seen that 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 role done several times on shows and it's known as the owen brett spot is it that, 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 that's what that's what several people have, have mentioned it you know we'll do the owen brett spot to win the match or for, an, for this big near fall and it works it was such a clever move it was different at the time it never i'd never seen it before um and you, and you what a great maneuver and it was and it positioned brett who then would win the um the title later on that night in the main event but you've got this kind of black spot on his career now on his victory because owen won the first match owen beat him before on the same night he because become champion and at the end of the show you had all the baby faces come up lift brett on their shoulders and then Owen comes out slowly out the back and stands, and you've got the, like the macho man kind of beckoning him into the ring to make up with his brother, and he just shakes his head and walks back. It's such a little simple thing, but from a storytelling point of view, when I was watching this back, you know, I remember watching, not live, but the next day, because that's how we had to watch it in the UK. Um, I remember going, oh my God, what is going to happen? I, you thought Brett and Owen would get back together, because that, wrestling, they like that kind of send you home happy. Oh, they're going to hug, always come back together. And I didn't want that because I wanted to see this Owen character develop more. I was getting invested in it. He was that little brother who, was, who you felt was being, was picked on. But you know he wasn't. But you, you can't, part of you was kind of going, eh, I could see, I could see Brett being a bit of a douche. You know, and I could say that. I could see Brett being a bit of a douche and, and, yeah. and holding him back a little bit. And that's the cynical, that's my cynical mindset. But you kind of, so you kind of almost empathize with Owen a little bit. And it was, but equally, the majority of the fans, majority of the fans, mm. were like, yeah, boo, Owen, this this guy sucks, so to speak. Um, but, then, but it left open for this huge rematch. But what was brilliant about this? This was old school booking at its best because they didn't go straight into the story. They let it simmer. They let it kind of go away, and they let Owen build himself back up and try and forge his own identity, as you said, as a or maybe as a carbon copy of, of the hitman Bret Hart taking the, the mick out of Bret for wearing the singlet and wearing the glasses until King of the Ring. And yeah. it was in June 1994 at King of the Ring where only one year previous, the hitman became the 1993 King of the Ring, beat Bam Bam Bigelow in the finals. Yeah. In 1994, Owen Hart becomes the King of the Ring. And then you get that promo. You know, everybody talks about King of the Ring and they talk about the Austin 316 promo, but you forget this Owen Hart promo. He also beat the man in the final who Brett beat at the Rumble. That you say, Razor Ramon. And it was kind of like, you've got this kind of like, you're, you're almost positioning Owen as this net, new big hot heel. You then put yeah. him with, you give him a heater by giving him Jim the Amble Neidhart who came out and helped him. And listen, with all due respect, obviously Amble's passed as well. 
never the greatest kind of in-ring no. kind of guy, but he was that bruiser. And he gave Owen that kind of strength um, factor. Plus, there was history there with Anvil tagging with Brett and Anvil also tagging with Owen. And it was always said that, you know, Brett went on to stardom where Anvil just kind of like did nothing really, just kind of stayed where he was. Um, so you had that kind of built-in storyline there. And it built into SummerSlam where they had the cage match. It was a cage match, wasn't it, SummerSlam? It was a cage match, cage. yeah. Yeah, Brother um, versus Brother, it was the cage match. Um, I think we saw a shot of it earlier on in, in the photo um, the car I was going through, where it looked, it genuinely looked as though Owen was going to win the strap at SummerSlam. I, and, and that should have happened, I think. I think they should have done it. I think, again, you, hindsight's always twenty twenty, and it's very easy to sit here and, you know, armchair book this stuff. But I, I think there would have been, it would have been interesting to see yeah. Owen carry that strap, even if it was just a Survivor Series, you know, whatever, just given that ability to kind of cement him as a, as a main event guy properly. Um, I suppose their argument was, W at the time, wasn't big on hot-shotting titles around, you know. Um, okay, oh, God, what happened? Yeah, <laughs> I mean, granted, that did change. Um, but at the time, they were quite, they were quite, you know, the, the title reigns were quite long and they wanted to prove it. And maybe there was plans. We don't know. Maybe there was plans to put the title on Owen down the line, you know, but what one of the things I think people may or may not know um, is that obviously Owen lost that match. The they actually had a rematch after that, which was taped for a brand new show called I think I'm ninety nine percent sure it's called Action Zone, and they were the main event of that show. And I remember it airing on Sky One over here, probably like <laughs> a week to two weeks after SummerSlam. I believe it was taped before SummerSlam, but they they they, they aired it after that, um, and. It was the main event. And I remember them pushing this new show on Sky One called Action Zone. And that was the main event. And I remember being so excited and sitting watching it. And actually, it was the best, in my personal opinion, it was a better match than the. Charming Yes, I think it was. Charming Min. Did she not come back to WWE fairly recently? Did I, did I imagine that? She came back for a one shot, I think it was. I'm one of the, like, the. I think it was the first NXT in your house. They brought yeah. Todd Pettigrew back, and I think they brought Stephanie Wyan back for it as well. I think he's been, I mean, he's been back a couple of times now, actually. Um, Todd yeah, he's done both in your houses, hasn't he? Yeah. Which is sorry, sorry yeah. a bit of a tangent, but no, yeah, that, that for me that was the kind of the rise of Owen Hart as that kind of heel character or, or the King of Hearts character, um, and it's, it's stuck with me till then. But I mean, we could jump, we could jump all over places, Korea, and I appreciate you know time time being what it is, but the. The other bit that I wanted to mention, which really stuck out for me with the couple of things that stuck out for me with Owen Hart was, especially for where we're based over here in the UK, is the fact that he was in the finals for the European Championship between Berlin. him and Dave Bryan. I believe it was in Berlin, didn't it? Was that right in saying Berlin? Berlin. Yeah. Um, so there was, there was that as well, which is which quite, doesn't seem it now, but at the time was a big thing. You know, Owen Hart wrestling for a European title on a, in a European country. I remember the match being crazy good as well. And that aired on a special Raw, didn't it? They they aired the match. It was a normal Raw episode, but they aired it from Germany. I think it I think we only got highlights if memory serves me mm. correctly. You might be right. Yeah. It was it was a while ago. I know, I know the match is on. I'm sure it's on the network now. You can actually go watch it directly. But um, yeah, I do remember them them bringing it in that. And the European title got quite a bit of a push to begin with. Bear in mind, Shawn Michaels held it for a period of time. Well, not um, only 1997. Yeah, so it was it was all all linked into that. But the other thing, I mean, I. 
the big part for me of Owen Hart, which I actually really liked, and I don't know whether this, I think it sometimes gets forgotten, is the um, the faction heel turn of the Hart Foundation when you had all the Hearts together. And I think people people don't talk about that as much because they think about this about Owen being in the nation quite a bit because that was mm. quite a bit, bit of focus during the Attitude Era. But leading into the Attitude Era, you had the Hart Foundation, which Owen was a big part of. Yes, the main focus was Brett through it. But I liked the fact that how Brett got them all back together. And there was that scene when they got the last one to go. I think Owen was one of the last to come in. And they were in the middle of the ring. And he hugs Brett. And yeah. Brett just looks over his shoulder. And there's this beautiful camera shot of Brett going, I've got them. I've got them all. And yeah, kind of look. Similar, it reminds me similar to what Roman Reigns has been doing with the Usos. Yeah. I've knit them all back together. We are now a cohesive unit. And they were a dominating unit. They had all the titles at one point. How scary is it, though, that out of the five members of the Hart Foundation, only Brett survives? Scary and sad. Absolutely. Um, when, when, you, when you look at that, you look at obviously Brian Pillman, the British Bulldog, Jim the Animal Neidhart, Owen Hart, and as you said, the last one. Um, thankfully, was, I mean, I, I'm listening, I'm not a huge Bret Hart fan by any stretch of the imagination. I never have been. I was always more... Um, uh, <laughs> I was more as more of the bad guy side. I always leant more towards your Mr. Perfect, your Ted DiBiase's of, of this world. Um, uh, yeah. <laughs> but with regards to um, Brett, with that Heart Foundation, I really enjoyed his character work. I thought Owen and Owen had to do a, a beast of the of the wrestling for that unit because Brett was injured for a lot of it. He was on crutches, so he was the mouthpiece, and Owen was the go-to guy to wrestle. He was the worker. He was yeah. the worker. He, he was the he was the workhorse of that because, like you said, the anvil, even in his prime, wasn't the best catches catch can. He was a a, a brawler. Davy yeah. Boy Smith was tremendous, but by this point, wasn't the same Davy Boy that we'd seen before. And Brian Pillman was Brian Pillman. You know, I'm, I'm I won't speak ill of Brian Pillman because he was far ahead of his time. But together, but they so was Owen. The I think same. I think Owen. Yeah, Owen, Owen now would have been. A, a world champion by now multiple times and do you know what i'm really glad you, you brought that up because that's one of the things that struck me while i was you know looking thinking back on him before we did the show the last week or so and i've been doing did a little bit of research as you do and i kind of thought what what if and he's i don't know i hate when wrestling fans do this but i'm gonna do it what if owen hart was not still alive but was born later yeah born to this generation of indie wrestling that kind of style of it I'm not saying he would necessarily be in the business, but if he was in the business, putting Owen Hart in the mix today, in his prime, now, because I always felt like, looking back on it, you always feel like Owen Hart was maybe born out of his generation. Does that make sense? Totally, totally agree. Yeah. Um, yeah. You know, he, he, and, and I include people like Brian Pillman in that as well, actually. You know, but equally could have been, should have been back up more, more yeah. the old, you know, pre-attitude era, is what I'm trying to say. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, I think there's, It'd just be a, there's those dream matches that people talk about, and you could throw Owen in with, with pretty much the majority of the main roster nowadays in WWE and AEW and New Japan. Um, and you go, My god, the matches you could have now! It, it, it just kind of it, it, just off the top of your head, you know, Hart versus Brian, Hart versus Punk, Omega, yeah. Cody Rhodes, Adam uh, Cole, Miro, Miro to a degree, Adam Cole, Kyle O'Reilly, Roderick Strong. The names are just, it's crazy that what what could be. And I think what's, you mentioned his legacy when we first started this. One of Owen's legacies, I think, is 
I, I again, I don't know. I've never met the guy, but from what you listen, if you listen to the interviews that he did in the past and the, what people in his family said about him, I think this might be some one of his legacies he'd actually like to have. His biggest legacy would be his family. He was a big family yeah. man. That, that goes without saying. But within the wrestling business, I think his legacy would want to be the fact that the influence he had on so yeah. many people over the years going now, you know, obviously it's, it's well documented that Kevin Owens is a huge fan um, and, you know, it, it had a big influence in life. But you can see the style has influenced so many people coming up now, not just in the main rosters, but you look at people out on the indie scene and the British scene. People say, you know, Owen Hart inspired them, that or they, you know, that they, they do that missile drop kit. Why? Where they first see it, oh, no. um, you know, it's just such a talented worker that had so much influence on people indirectly without even probably wanting to do it. What did you think about the the last run? I mean, we're not going to talk about Over the Edge. We, we won't get into that. We said we weren't going to touch on that, and we won't. Um, the Blue Blazer came back, 1999, with Jeff Jarrett. They were doing this whole... It's not me. It's not. I'm not the blue blazer. So the whole suicide thing yeah. in in Impact Wrestling. What was your take on that? Was it was it a good angle for him, or was it kind of going backwards? And and this is where creative were kind of losing. I think you, it's, it's one of these difficult things. You look back on it. You kind of look back on it from through a sterile eye, so to speak, and you think it really was downplaying Owen to to mid card or lower. From point of view, he's in this kind of comedy gimmick with the you know with, with the blue blazer he's working with jeff jarrett who to be fair was mid to upper card but they've been putting this tag team with him and deborah um he's, he was he was in a feud with the godfather at the time and and, and steve blackman all these kind yeah. of guys that were opening card to mid card at best it kind of felt like a backward step but equally and again from what i've heard the going back to the blue blazer character was apparently owen's idea he wanted it. He wanted to do it. He, he enjoyed the fun of it, and maybe that's correct. Right. Owen was a, you know, as we we put out on you, know, you want put out on social media, I put out my social media kind of comments about Owen Hart, and everyone said about him being rib, being a river, yeah. and the ribs yeah. he used to pull. And I can almost see that Owen, I think, came to work because he had to, came to work because he wanted to pay for his family and he wanted to spend more time with his family, but he also wanted to have fun, and if he was yeah. going to do it, he was going to have fun. And I think. The Blue Blazer character gave him that ability to have fun. And it made me laugh. It, it, it made me laugh as well. I, I love the fact he was the anti-superhero, you know, playing the bad guy. and yeah. Say your prayers, need your vitamins, you know, doing the, the Hulk Hogan. It, uh, it, kind of, it kind of inspires. You can see, again, echoes that with people like the Hurricane when they yeah. first started. And they, and they were kind of doing that kind of gimmick. And it, it, even Super Eric. Yeah. Yeah, 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 all that kind of stuff, kind of um, through the years, that you can see where the, the inspiration has come from, um, and it works. And again, really merchandise point of view, you're going to sell shed load of masks, which is happy days for the, the former. One of the last things I want to touch on with Owen Hart is taking us back to Canadian Stampede in your house six, I think it was uh, Canadian Stampede. It was the big ten man match between Austin, the Road Warriors, Shamrock and gold dust against the heart foundation and that last scene where obviously the heart foundation of one it's in calgary it's in their backyard and the family comes in the ring the entire heart family the kids the grandkids and helen and that you talk about owen being a family man there's that one image of owen with uh, oj yes uh just holding his son yes and, and that that was uh, that to me is owen hart right there and i think family. you know uh, over the years, you get you get to speak to a lot of people who knew Owen. You know, we, we have from you know 
this 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 small um a journey we have into being into wrestling journalism shall we say for interviews and people who, who knew him and that everyone says he's a family man you know he, he's you know he, he family came first to him his kids were his world his wife was his world um and that's great that's you know for him great and i think again his legacy what the legacy he would want is people remember him holding his kids being his kids being that family guy um yeah you know, unfortunately from a wrestling fan's point of view we remember the fact that great worker, great ribs. Absolutely. Should he be in the Hall of Fame? Should Martha allow him to go in? <sighs> it doesn't even mean anything. That, that, that was what I listen. I like the Hall of Fame. I, you know, I'm always curious who they're going to put in every year. What does it mean? In the grand scheme of things, what does it actually mean? What does it mean to Martha to stop him going in there? I, I don't really understand what she's potentially gaining for it and again i don't know i'm sure someone can give me an answer to that but then equally she is, is the only person re, is any people really losing out is the fans who want to celebrate owen's life properly by saying he should be in the WWE hall of fame but equally does that mean you can't celebrate his life of course you can um that's what we're doing so to speak um yeah. up to a point you know the, i i don't think it makes much difference i think from a fan point of view yes we'd like to see him in the hall of fame because that kind of feels that's something we should do. And you look at what the other people are in there, you know, and wh why not? I mean, the Bulldog's now in there. Brett's in there. It's, the Anvil was in there, isn't he? He's he's the, Heart 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 it's the Heart Foundation. Yeah. Pillman's not yet though, is he? No. I no, think no, no, Pillman is in the hall of fame. Is he? Keep talking. So if he is, then you've got, then the argument is that the last person in the Heart Foundation as a group is Owen. Um, and I think there'd be a big upturn of fans want want to see him in there. Um, I, I yeah, I like I like to celebrate Owen's life. I think it'd be nice. And WWE have done some great shows, you know, documenting Owen's life and celebrating it. Put him in the Hall of Fame, yeah, why not? Come on, Martha, just do it. Um, but uh, equally, I'm not going to be crying that he's not. It, it's kind of it's it's whatever kind of works best at the end of the day. But yeah, I think I think the majority of fans, 99.9 percent .9 of fans, say Owen Hart should be in the Hall of Fame. Uh, Brian Pillman's not in the Hall of Fame. So there is that ability to put the Heart Foundation in. And you've got to think realistically that at some point Pillman will go in. Yeah. In one word, as we close up this episode on Owen Hart, how would you describe Owen Hart in one word? One word. That's never easy for me in the best of times. I know, um, I've learned my skills. Um, <laughs> I would say one word to describe Owen Hart. <laughs> King. Wow. You couldn't you couldn't end it better there, could you? King of many different things, but King. King of Hearts, King of Wrestling, Owen Hart. Thanks, Dan, for talking about the legendary Owen Hart. Now, before we go, before I let you go, I want to know your opinion on something. Because today we are officially launching the Retro Chat Ultimate Kids Cartoon Tournament. Now, these are 48 cartoons from the 80s and 90s and the early 2000s, 24 matchups, two brackets. We've launched it with this match. This is the first one. I want your opinion on two of them. So match one of the bracket is Banana Man versus The Muppets. Now, now is The Muppets yes. cartoon? Now, I, I, want, I, want, I want to take some challenging over this. Now, I will, I will speak on behalf of the numerous fans that I think have got you um, at RetroPod on, on social media. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Banana Man, yes, is a cartoon. Muppets. Now, 
I, I, I might help you a little bit here. Muppets, as far as I remember, and bear in mind I'm a couple of years older than you as well, I don't remember the Muppets being a cartoon. I do remember Muppet Babies being a cartoon. Yeah, and that's what I've done. I've, incorpor I've incorporated the Muppet Babies and the Muppets together. So I maybe should have made that a bit more clear. So it's the Muppets slash the Muppet Babies. Um, but trying to find an image for the Muppet Babies is very difficult. So we've gone with the Muppets. So who would win? Who should win? Who is the better cartoon? Banana Man or the Muppets? So we're not talking in a fight here. We're talking. <laughs> no, <I'm not> talking <laughs> um, oh, man, it's a hard one. I, if I'm honest, from my point of view, Neve wasn't a fan of either. I wa no. remember watching Banana Man. I remember watching Muppets and Muppets Babies. I didn't really enjoy either of them. I suppose which one I enjoyed the most was the better cartoon. I I'm going to go Banana Man. Oh. I think. Just okay. purely because it was shorter. <laughs> five minutes an episode. Uh, and this it, it was kind of clever um, as well. Yeah, I think. But so also, Muppets, I didn't really enjoy. Muppet Babies, I thought, were quite, was quite cool. But and not now, it's not. They've redone it. It's all CGI. It's all good yeah, it's horrible. It's awful now. Right. This is the one you are going to be more interested in because this is another match that's going to come on later in the tournament. But I want your prediction on it now. If you had to choose between the Transformers and DuckTales. <laughs> right. This one's so easy. There's, there's, <laughs> there's no argument. This Transformers every single step of the way. I did I did enjoy DuckTales as well, but it was, um, you know, no. I, I, I say, I've had a look at the brackets, which I know are on your, uh, your brackets actually up on social media. I know you said it's social media yet. It's only certain people who have got the brackets. Right. You're I, I, I won't ruin it for that, but there, uh, can, I, can I just say one? I won't say the actual bracket, but I'll just say one cartoon I'm really glad you have put in there, which I thought you might have forgotten about, and that's Jason the Wild Warriors. How could you forget Jace? People do. And I, I think it was a, I thought it was a great cartoon. It's probably Transformers, and then they were right there. Um, I, I hated it when I was growing up. Really? I, I hated Jason the Wheel Warriors. It's only in the last five years that I've caught, caught up with it again and gone, actually, do you know what? It was really good. I didn't realise at the time, and maybe maybe it wasn't available over here, but I've, you know, as you're on social media, you see these kind of like, Posts and that kind of stuff. There are actually there were Jason the Wheeled Warriors toys, yeah, which I didn't realise. Which I thought, yeah. oh my god, you know, they, they look pretty good as well. You know, I'm, I'm not a toy collector, but you know, they are. They look pretty. They look pretty, pretty fly. Pretty fly. Oh, I, I, I would have played them. Yeah, you got to think. Most of the cartoons back in the eighties, the Thundercats, the Silverhawks, Visionaries, He Man, the Transformers, um, Shira, all mm. of those Jace, all of those type of things were made for toy sales. And Absolutely, we talk about that in more detail with Larry Kenny, the voice of Lionel, coming to the retro chat. We sat and did the interview last night, and Larry predicted the winner of Silverhawks versus Shira. Oh, that's a hard one. See, I've I they I don't think I've ever seen Silverhawks properly. Definitely saw Shira. I went to the cinema to see Shira, the movie. Uh, um. Mm. I know that was weird, um, but I don't think I've ever seen Silverhawks properly. Name rings a bell. A name I wanted, and again, appreciate going a bit of tangent here. I don't want to ruin it for your, for your fans. Come up. Have you included or have you ever seen Pirates of the Dark Water? No, I have never seen that because I really like that cartoon. And it, it, I don't think it gets enough love or enough mention as of what it was. It was a really clever little cartoon. And again, okay, 
I haven't seen it for years. It may not age well. <laughs> you know, looking, I may be looking back from a child's point of view, but I just wonder whether that was in your list. Um, it's not on my list. I'll tell you what is on my list is the raccoons. That, yes, Cyril Sneer. Cyril um, Sneer. Run with us. Yeah, I, I do. That I, Again, I remember watching it. Um, wouldn't be one I'd vote for. Like, I don't know. I don't know again, but wouldn't be one I would vote for. To be honest, we, uh, we do have some crackers in the 48s, although we couldn't get everything in there. So, you know, I'm sat there thinking now about the adventures of the Galaxy Rangers. We couldn't put that in. Oh, it just wasn't enough. Um, but we've got things like X-Men, the animated series. We've got Batman, the animated stories. We've got Biker Mice. Yeah, it was good. Biker, got- Biker Mice, you have got a good memory. I forgot about them. Yeah. I forgot about Biker, Biker Mice. Biker Mice are facing off against the Thundercats. Nice, easy Thundercats. Thundercats all the way. Uh, Dan, thanks so much for joining us to talk Owen Hart um, in more detail. I'm sure you and I are going to be doing much more here on Retro Chat. uh, If you're you're up for it. If you're up for it. No, do you know what? I actually do quite enjoy these. It's quite nice to talk. I mean, I know we talked about wrestling today and it has been a pleasure, but um, it's actually quite nice to talk about something else other than wrestling. The Transformers stuff was a lot of fun. Um, It's actually made... Chatting to you, though, has kind of made me start watching some old things. I forgot I used to know. I actually stumbled across, and again, I don't want to kind of take up too much time, but I stumbled across the other day, and I've just started watching it from episode one again. Um, and I don't know if something you're looking to cover in the future, but Quantum Leap. Which, oh, yes. Um, and I'm not going to lie. doesn't age that well. Um, <laughs> but um, especially with some of the sexual com- sexist comments they make. <laughs> but, but the, yeah, the... Watching that again was kind of was feels really weird and really quite exciting to sit, sit and watch that again. There's, there's talk of a remake coming. I can see that. I can see that. I can see that. Wow. Well, I see something like that you could do with you know with much more better technology, you know, visual effects nowadays. You've got a lot more history you can cover. It's kind of like it would be quite quite clever. Wasn't sliders though technically a remake or a re- revisualization of it. That's what I always think it has. It was a revisualization. It was never officially said to be a remake or a reboot. Um, but there have been talks of doing Quantum Leap in the past, and it's all kind of died away. But now, in this era of streaming services and running out of content ideas, and if you think about Paramount Plus and Netflix and Hulu and Disney Plus and all that type of thing, a lot of the old shows are coming back. So um, you look at recently the the, the, the latest Transformers um, Kingdom shows. I haven't watched it. Yet. I might need to watch. It has, has dropped. Um, it doesn't overkill me because it's got Beast Wars, and I'm not, I never was a fan of Beast Wars. Um, he Man, the, re- the reboot of He Man. I've seen the first couple of episodes of that, um, which is yeah, different. It's it's it hasn't maybe jumped back to watch the rest of it yet, but I will watch the rest of it. It's kind of like yeah, it's different. Um, I'm not not not. I know there's a lot of negative, aren't a lot of negative feeling about it. I don't say it's bad. It's just, just different. Um, the comparison. We're, covering, we're going to be doing a special with Chris Vin from oh, uh, awesome. about Revelation um, and the backlash it's getting. And it, it's on fact, it's on parallel. The show is this show is not called He Man in the Master of the Universe. It's called Master of the Universe. The original show was called He Man. I understand it, but it's the closest to the original series you're going to get. And I think Kevin Smith is such a fanboy and a a love affair of of Masters that he's done it as good as he can. And a lot of the controversy is because Tila has been the main focus. Who cares? It's But but again, it's at this point now where we are, and I've noticed this a lot with watching just TV in general. Quite rightly, there's this thing now pushing this, I won't say women's lib, but dominant, strong, female characters within roles like 
Uh, but SDR, Mark, I don't know if you've been watching the, re the, uh, the recent series of Batwoman. No. Um, now, I, I, it's, it's, again, it's a bit Marmite for people, I think. But it's very, very focused on we are women, we are strong, um, we, we, we don't need men, all that kind of side of it. You know, it's very, and it, it's okay, but you kind of like, it's kind of, whereas if you look back over the years, like, I mean, great example, watching Quantum Leap, the, the, I think I've just seen episode five, and he's, he's jumped in this body of this woman, of this, of this bloke, and he's there, and this woman, he's defending her, so to speak, and she's always kind of like timid and kind of like, oh, what do I do? And it's like, that, you don't see that anymore. We don't want to see that anymore because that's not how women are. But that's right. how they were portrayed back then. And now it's almost like the case of, boom, you know, they're, they're, these women are strong, powerful. And I don't mean with Tila, she is that person, this strong, powerful kind of main focal character. It's the same with Batwoman. Uh, granted, it's Batwoman, but literally every main focus, every main character <laughs> in Batwoman mm. is a woman. They're all pretty much all female. It's pretty much a whole female cast. Yeah, and, and, and that's not the reason I don't watch Batwoman. It's because I've kind of gone really bored of the Arrowverse. I'm not even watching Flash or Supergirl at the moment. It's just I it's too long. With Arrow to the end, and I think Stephen Amell is brilliant. I love the Arrow concept. When it got to the time jumping, they I must admit I got I, I when it was gritty and dark and and you know yes he he was impressive with his physique and that kind of stuff. But there was no kind of this magical rubbish. It was kind of clever. Once it kind of got into that, I, I must admit I switched. I stuck to the end. Arrow. Uh, DC Legends Tomorrow was the same. I, I, I dropped out of that, I think, the third season. Flash, sorry, I could never get into the guys too cheesy. And Supergirl, again, no. I was like, no, out. Um, but <laughs> what a show. <laughs> We've touched on everything. Wide variety of, of content. But now it is time to say goodbye. What, you don't so, want to talk about Loki? Come on, Andy. That's a separate <laughs> show on its own, mate. Come on. <laughs> Dan, if they want to get in contact with you, if, they, if you're available for bookings, um, how do they do it? Yeah, I mean, a simple way now. I've, um, since I last came on, I've had a bit of a rethink and I've restructured my social media now. So it actually all links in together. So um, I am now, as you can see on the screen, if you're watching on the video chat, you can get me on all social medias. That includes TikTok. I haven't done anything while I'm on there. Um, I know. Don't. You're on TikTok. I, I've downloaded the app. I've logged in. That's all I've done. <laughs> So please follow me if you want. Um, but yeah, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, TikTok, as I quite rightly said, um, at the MC with socks. That's at the MC with socks. You can get me across all the social medias for that, for bookings. Yeah, again, whether it's announcing, refereeing, which I'm doing loads of at the moment, which is great. Um, commentating. If you want me to come on your podcast, I, you know what? I'm happy to jump on a podcast. I don't want to run a podcast. I will happily jump on a podcast <laughs> and talk whatever you want to talk. Yeah, just drop me a message at the MC with socks, and I would um, happily come on, depending on what you're talking about, obviously. Um, yeah, some topics you don't want to talk about. Not the Silverhawks. No idea. Let's <laughs> okay. challenge. Watch it, and then we'll talk about it. Dan, it's been an absolute pressure catching up with you. It's been a long time since you and I have spoken again since, since well, we just do the podcast now. Um, stay with me. Oh, I rung the other month, you liar. You were. Well, I rung you the other week. We had a phone conversation the other week. So do not say that. Do not try and make yourself yeah. like a that hard dumb guy. I'll oh, call yeah. you out, Evans. I will call you out on the show. <laughs> you also you also butt dialed me the other day. Did it I? Very, yeah, it was very interesting. I picked up the phone going, hello, Dan. And you're like, hello, Dan. 
Uh, it's great when they when people butt dial you because you just sit there listening for about five minutes to see if you're going to hear anything juicy. And in the end, you get bored and hang up. <laughs> you, think, you think you think in the in the in the flat screen phones, what they call these, you know, digital phones, whatever these things are now. Yeah. Um, those days are gone. I remember we used to all the time with the buttons phones. I was a nightmare. Yeah. Yeah, but now, now I have noticed I've done that a couple of times recently with the with the with a my new iPhone. Just saying, yeah, um, it's very interesting having a butt dial from you. So, and then I messaged and you went, I didn't mean to call you. I know you didn't mean to, but you did. I was I was obviously missing you. So I, I miss you too. I miss oh. you too. Anyway, stay on the line for me for just a second. That's it for retro chat. Uh, stay tuned for more. We got Larry Kenny coming up. We're going to be talking turtles. We've got an episode on Knight Rider 2008. We're going to be doing Baywatch. We're going to be doing, uh, yes, uh, we're going to be doing Baywatch. We're going to be doing Battlestar Galactica, the original and the remake. Quantum Leap is coming up. We've got so much, plus the Ultimate Kids Cartoon Tournament for 2021. Uh, check it out on all social medias. Uh, retro chat podcast on facebook and insta and retro chat pod on twitter uh plus youtube retro chat podcast uk uh come and join us all the videos will be going up on there retro play retro legacies retro chats you name it it's all coming up steve Gree from tws is going to be joining me soon we're going to be doing a legacy on Shawn michaels uh it's the 20 30th anniversary of 20th anniversary of SummerSlam 2001. So I'm going to be covering that at some point in the future, uh, which was Rock Goldberg and Austin Angle. I'm not helping you. I'm just going to let you dig yourself into a hole here. Go on, carry on. Either one, will Anyway, it was, it was SummerSlam 01. Um, stay tuned. That's it for us. We'll see you very soon. Until then, take care. I'll go back to the old tagline. See you in the matches. Bye.